it feels like a brand new world because there's great things happening all over the world today. Hey, listen, I'm working on a new song. Boy, hey guys, new world, new day. Um, the Nina Simone song comes to mind. It's a new yeah. dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. I think we need Michael Bublé. Um, <laughs> the inauguration, gang. Oh my gosh. I am so relieved that it went off without a hitch. Frankly, it was weird. Um, it was weird to see, obviously, a very different inauguration than we've been accustomed to. I, I read that, you know, usually 200,000 tickets are issued. And this this year, there was 1,000. Um, but it was great that this went well. It was great that, you know, they they managed to say, look, we just had an insurrection on these very this very place uh, mere weeks ago. And yes, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, but we could still deliver an uplifting message and we can still do regular things like inaugurate a president. I didn't realize how tired I was. Really, uh, this kind of a, I don't know, this ominous fatigue. Uh, I think yeah. everyone kind of felt it. I, I love the fact that Joe Biden was so demonstrative with his wife, so respectful to the people around him. Um, he spoke calmly and, and just that, that voice of reassurance, I guess. And we haven't mm -hmm. seen that with our, our neighbors to the South for a great many years. It's been antagonistic to say the least. Is that fair? <laughs> um, and you just feel like truth has come back into office and, you know, it's not going to be without its challenges. My gosh, look at what he's inherited. He has walked into so many problems. I think it's going to take them months and months just to see what Trump did environmentally, what yeah. Trump did as far as, um, I mean, God only knows that we, we hear probably that tip of the iceberg analogy, but I think what we heard about what Trump kind of got up to and his, and the Republicans is just a fraction of what's going on. So lots of triage, lots of COVID stuff to deal with, um, stabilizing the country, stabilizing a very split country. But yeah, what a day. Amanda Gorman, I have to throw oh. to that young, that young black African-American poet laureate, 22 years old, who I cried from the second she started speaking with her hands cutting through the air like swans mm -hmm. as, she, as she spoke her beautiful words and perhaps we should just throw to a small clip this is a clip of amanda talking about coming from slavery coming from a descendant of slaves and that here she was standing anyway let's throw to amanda just for uh 60 seconds and, and hear a little bit of this so let us leave behind a country better than one we were left with every breath from my bronze pounded chest we will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one we will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the west we will rise from the wind-swept northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution we will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the midwestern states we will rise from the sun-baked south we will rebuild reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation in every corner called our country our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful when day comes we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid the new dawn blooms as we free it for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it if only we're brave enough to be it 
that just was a fraction. It was just over a five minute piece. And she was so calm, so beautiful. It was, it was like, it was almost like it, she was like, her presence was like regal. Very much so. Yeah. I really enjoyed her words and I really enjoyed, I think a lot of people enjoyed the message of the entire inauguration, which was, you know, unity, uh, restoring faith in democracy. I think Joe Biden went down in history as the, the president who used the word democracy the most in his, in his inauguration speech. And it was just nice because I think, you know, look, he's getting right to work. I think he signed something like 17 orders on his first day and there's a lot of work to be done, but it wasn't about the details of policy. And I, I don't think that's why he won. I think he won because it was about dismantling the loss of hope and the uh, apathy and the, the division you've seen in the U.S. I think the reason why a lot of people voted for him was because they wanted that overwhelming message of positivity and we can still get stuff done and we can work together. So it was like that was really what it was about yesterday instead of getting into the nitty gritty of policy, which was which was kind of a welcome message and a huge departure from the theme of his of his speech was unity the theme of Donald Trump's was like American carnage. I mean, yeah. that's, that's such a, that's such a huge difference. Yeah. I was talking with my friend, Wendy, a couple of days ago and, you know, she makes such a, a great point and that is the importance of words and the magnitude and power of words. And I think that has kind of been lost, you know, a lot the last few words because you were dealing with a leader that was not gifted with words. He used them as, it was weaponry. He used them to incite anger, to actually cause more divisiveness. There was, there was no part of him that wanted to close that gap. And so here we have a man, and like you said, it's not so much about, I'm going to make money for everyone. I'm going to lower taxes. I'm, it, it wasn't policy. It was, it was absolutely what you just said, Caitlin, hopefulness, calmness, a steady hand at the wheel, a steady hand at the helm of uh, a country that once was a, a world power. And I think Americans want that to be regained to some, they, they want, they want to be proud of themselves again. Yeah. So, you know, here was Amanda standing on the steps where, you know, just two short weeks ago, we saw one of the most unbelievable sights that any of us have witnessed, certainly as Canadians, to our, for our neighbors of mm -hmm. people tearing stuff apart. But anyways, words are important. And anyone that doesn't think that, you know, whether it's a mother encouraging a child, uh, whether it's, you know, a boss talking to their staff, uh, words can, can really, really give people tools to be better to be better and do better. And, mm -hmm. and I think we will witness that with, with Joe Biden. And also uh, I have to go to you, Caitlin, about Kamala Harris, uh, the first um, BIPOC vice president and the first woman, like there's lots of firsts for her. It was so cool to see her and to see her being um, sworn in by, um, by Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor because she was the first Latina woman, you know, to be on the Supreme Court. And she also swore in Joe Biden in 2013 uh, as vice president. And so was that was a really kind of cool full circle moment, which yeah. I enjoyed. And I thought, you know, like, and I know, again, it, it's never been, I think, harder for people who are from different 
ends of the political spectrum to have conversations um, because there's so much noise now with things like QAnon and conspiracy theories, like infiltrating uh, everyday conversations for people in a way that they just have not before and, and truly poisoning people's minds and making it difficult to have a conversation with someone who's different than you. And I think like watching people try to reach across the aisle yesterday, I didn't know how that would feel. I didn't know if it would feel like you know, Pollyanna in a way or insincere, <laughs> but I, I honestly thought that it was sincere. And it looked, it looked quite earnest, right? It did. And something that was pointed out to me actually um, on the morning show by Marilyn was that you'll notice the color of the day for a lot of people was purple, including Kamala Harris. She wore purple. Hillary Clinton did. You know, Michelle Obama was in this beautiful plum pantsuit. You saw a lot of men wearing purple ties and that the symbolism there was the combination of red and blue together to make purple. And I thought that was fantastic. Like Lady Gaga is wearing this giant golden dove with a olive branch in its mouth. And you're thinking, okay, so for all the people who didn't support Joe Biden and still don't, you should, like, hopefully, I would hope that they take some solace in, in seeing that the people who are coming into power are, will hopefully serve you and your best interests, even if you don't yet realize that, even if maybe you think that someone trying to get you health care is, is going to harm you in some way that maybe that this, maybe this could benefit you. Just try to go into it with some optimism. Um, I, I appreciated that message, even if it did fall on deaf ears. I, I don't think it did. I mean, the fact that we're having this conversation just about the, the minutia is important. And, and there is mm -hmm. a lot of, there was a lot of symbolism. Um, high powered celebrity appearances um, I think had the other side been victorious in, in the election, it would have been uh, a quite a different lineup of celebrities. Uh, I don't know who would, it would have been, but uh, JLo did just a magnificent job. And of course she looked like an angel and she just is so beautifully put together. And, and uh, she managed to sneak in a little snippet of her song in that great patriotic uh, montage sort of song. Um, and that really made me laugh. I was like, did I just hear that? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. I laughed. I tweeted about it. And I said, God grant me the blind, inexplicable <laughs> confidence of J-Lo fitting Let's Get Loud into Woody Guthrie's This Land is Your Land. But, you know, that's how people make it in Hollywood, I have to say, because they have that confidence in themselves. And I thought, you... You go ahead and slip your own song lyrics. And well, having said that, Ms. Gorman, the poet, young poet laureate, mm -hmm. uh, snuck in a, a piece of a Hamilton song. And uh, I saw that Lynn um, had tweeted her from, from Hamilton, the writer-creator of Hamilton, uh, Lin-Manuel. He had tweeted her and, and was like, I noticed that. I saw that, girl. And yeah. she was so thrilled. She's like, I'm so glad you heard it. And you know, this <laughs> reference. So there was a lot of people trying to do things on a subliminal level, but also trying to send out messages to people that they respected. And, um, mm -hmm. but, and then there was Lady Gaga who sung a really oh. difficult song. The national anthem, the American national anthem is difficult, but she did it with the, uh, the band, the, the, was it the Naval Cat? No, it was the, the presidential band, but it was a, uh, I think it was to do with the army, the army band. So, and if I'm wrong about that, I really apologize, but uh, <laughs> it was such a great version and she sung live. I'm not convinced that JLo sung live. I'm so with you on I'm that not, one. Yeah, I, um, you can tell, and this is just me being nitpicky. I mean, I, um, I've heard JLo sing live. We're gonna talk about it when we come back. Anyway, nerve wracking experience. You're listening to the Jan Arden inaugural 
podcast. Welcome back to the Jan Arden podcast. I'm here with Caitlin Green and Adam Karsh. If I didn't say that right off the top of the show, we have all breathed a global sigh of relief. And it actually does feel better. It, it feels better. Uh, Twitter was a light, social media, Facebook, Instagram was pouring uh, with beautiful tributes to the incoming, the new president and, um, the vice president and just the entire vibe that is happening right now in the white house. I, I just, I can't, I, I really can't believe the palpable difference that my body even feels. I, I don't mm. know. Like I, I spoke about it earlier in the show, but just that, that difference in the looming energy, the energy that this, that the past administration cast globally over this planet. And it was a very scary and dark time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think even when you get into, you know, because there are, there are, there are many people in the U S I mean, heck there's like 70 million of them who still supported Donald Trump and wanted him back in again. And so I think of, you know, even if you had supported him and you share some of his ideals, when you even just look though at how little information, like useful information was being disseminated from the white house during a global pandemic we know when you think about how many lives were lost potentially just because of the lack of work being done um, during 400,000 they're saying now yeah. the new number is 400,000 the lack of qualified uh, uh, people who, truly who were who were in his administration um, and and not fit to rise to this incredibly you know once in a century uh, circumstance that we find ourselves in just that change alone when it comes down to something like the pandemic I think even if you were a Trump supporter, you should try to take some some comfort in because like just the difference of having a White House uh, of, of having a of the, the, the press correspondent, I forget that I'm the press secretary, just having a press secretary who actually tells you information <laughs> is like, I forgot how good that feels as somebody who has to like, unfortunately, like talk about news sometimes. <laughs> we're used to seeing, you know. 10 news agencies having like, this is, I'm just making this up. But for example, there's a, you know, they'd have a 10 different agencies having proof of like, say, President Trump picking up a cat and throwing it. And so at the press conference, they'd say, but listen, we have 10 news agencies, all independent, have have got footage of President Trump picking up a cat and throwing it. And you'd have a press secretary standing there going, "Uh, the cat, for one thing, wanted to be thrown. It had requested that it was thrown and it wasn't thrown. Uh, President Trump stumbled and, you know, it was always this weird, bizarre take on whatever. Anyhow, there's so, there's so many good things happening, but like I said earlier, there's, there's so much that the new administration has to wade through and sort, but it was great to see. And uh, all my friends um, were just overjoyed and just lots of crying. Like I saw lots of, uh, clips on Instagram of people taping themselves crying their heads off, and yeah. I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll become like viral videos of people sobbing, and I mean like really crying. People cried when you know the first black president came in uh, Obama, mm-hmm. 
Um, there was lots of tears then, but I think this was even magnified more. Well, and also I, I always waited because, you know, any sort of major event around the U.S. election usually is filled with memes now and these viral kind of side Internet moments like, you know, the fly that landed on Mike Pence's head at the VP <laughs> debates and all that stuff. Um, so yesterday, definitely like I'm not even joking you in the top three trends globally around the inauguration all day long was Bernie Sanders. So Senator Bernie Sanders uh, with his mittens that uh, a teacher in small town Vermont sent him made from, you know, reused sweaters and recycled plastic bottles. And he's wearing his ski jacket that he has on and a bunch of his other previous campaign videos. And everyone's like, is he wearing that same jacket? And you could just hear his voice going like, it's a perfectly good jacket. Why wouldn't I wear it to the inauguration? He's like holding his mail. Like he's, he's the most regular looking person in a sea of people who seem, you know, like uh, they're from a different planet that I've ever encountered. Well, I think, you know, you also looked at images of uh, body language to me speaks volumes, arms <laughs> crossed, legs crossed. I'm not an expert, but it was kind of like, you know, a person, a, a man at that age would, would face, you know, uh, several attempts at trying to become the president, the leader of the Democratic Party. Yeah. And so he's looking at someone up there, his adversary, who's, you know, taking it all in. And there has to be that come to Jesus moment where this ship has sailed for me. I am not going to be that. And I think that's what kind of people are picking up on that vibe. He didn't, he wasn't celebratory. You didn't see him standing up and clapping and fist pumping and, you know, whatever. He was, he was very sullen to me. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he's glad that his party won, but it's it's got to be a lot of work campaigning. You you're, you're out there campaigning for basically two almost two years. Yeah, I mean he's he's not the political insider type. Um, he's not a a you know um, like he's not go like he's not going to the opening of an envelope kind of guy, right? Like this is somebody <laughs> who this is somebody who takes public service seriously and views themselves as a servant. Um, by Washington standards, he is not a wealthy man. People like to say, oh, he has a net worth of two million. Well, that means he owned one house in Toronto. So like, give me a break. Um, so he's like, he's a different, he's a horse of a different color. And he definitely stood out yesterday. And to me, he just seems perpetually like, I have stuff to do. Like I'm late for the post office. Like I eat a sandwich on the run. Like I, you know, yeah. like he just, and that was his vibe yesterday. You're right. It wasn't. Like, I got to have a mole burned off my back. <laughs> exactly. it's, it's, it's been there. It's been there for three weeks. <laughs> I, my wife wanted to do it, and uh, yeah. I, I'm just not comfortable with her. I, it would save us money, but I don't want my wife burning a mole off my back. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good impression. And, and so that part of him being this exception to the rule and being there yesterday and being very unapologetically himself, I think that's why the internet wound up having so much fun with him sitting in that chair and just looking like many, many people. <laughs> and also just the mittens. I mean, I love... Well, it was just uh, the... There, the it was so good. They're putting that little picture of him, our little meme, on everything. He was sitting on the CN Tower last night. I know. He was sitting. I am dying laughing. If I had, you know, any kind of wherewithal of how to work, like any kind of Photoshopping program, <laughs> I would be sitting him on the deers in my yard and things like that. <laughs> but um, very interesting to see. The very first few hours of the Biden presidency, he's got that stack of books in front of him, those leather, those beautiful leather folders where he's going to sign these 
you know, these things back into law. He rejoined the World Health Organization that yes. Trump had taken them out of. He is back with the Paris Climate Accord. Uh, mm-hmm. He canceled the XL, the, the, the uh, Keystone Pipeline. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Canadians, Albertans in particular, I think Jason Kenney, the premier in Alberta, spent, uh, I don't know how many how much money anyway one point five billion (laughs) yeah it's but it's you know taxpayer money but now they're calling it the pipeline that's going to go nowhere anyway it's all sad nobody is really winning in this argument because it is it's Mm -hmm. sad for everybody and it's a lot of wasted Mm -hmm. money and a lot of wasted energy you're listening to the jan arden podcast we have lots more to come stay with us we'll be right back Welcome to the Jan Arden podcast. Well, you know what's really great, Caitlin and Adam, is that we can actually go forward and not ever really speak about what Looney Tunes stuff uh, Don Trump did. I I just, I can't, I had to really laugh because Greta Thunberg, her tweet, uh, and we're talking about this like the inauguration was yesterday because we're pre-taping this particular podcast. So if you're hearing us talk about dates and times that are completely not right, you're not wrong. Um, but anyway, Greta Thunberg, she tweeted, uh, there was a picture of Trump on the steps of uh, Air Force One helicopter leaving leaving the, the White House for the last time in his life. I'm sure he'll never go back. And uh, he had a grimace on his face. I mean, he just looked so dour, hand clenched in the air. Um, and uh, anyways, Greta said, oh, I hope you have a wonderful life, old man. You know, you you look you look like you're going to have just a wonderful life wherever you go or something. It was just so kind of passive aggressive. It was funny, but you wonder what is going to happen with him and where he's headed in his life. He's there's rumblings of him starting uh, another an alternate political party outside mm-hmm. of the uh, the independents, the Democrats, the Republicans. That he's going to rally those same followers again and 70 plus million of them to, you know, follow him. So I I wonder how that's going to be dealt with as we go forward, because as much as we'd like to think we're not going to hear from him anymore or about him, I feel like he's going to be a thorn in our sides until the day he dies. Well, and I also think, and I hope that the coverage of him um, becomes a little more scaled back. Uh, I know I saw a lot of people saying, okay, I never want to hear him covered ever again. I don't think that's entirely realistic. I just wish that we didn't constantly have a spotlight on on him the way that we have, because I think it diminishes a lot of the other leaders that are playing important roles in the U.S. and around the world, and especially here in Canada, because, um, you know, we have enough stuff going on in our own backyard that we don't necessarily need to be Trump watch 24-7. And so I hope that now that he is no longer in office, even if he does do something like start his own political party or start a TV network, um, I hope that that receives the scale of coverage that it deserves um, for a change, which I would, which I think will help put him into perspective. Well, the impeachment is apparently still going forward. Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. is talking about those proceedings. Uh, there's been no talk about them being withdrawn. So that looks like it's going forward. I think they want uh, President Biden to have his feet firmly planted and kind of carrying on with his job before they proceed with that. They don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, they don't want to taint that right off the bat. Um, on another sidebar note, they have found the woman accused of stealing Nancy Pelosi's laptop out of her office. She's 22 years old. 
And her name is Riley June Williams, and she's from Pennsylvania. And she was in jail very briefly, and she's now been released back into the custody of her mother. So, you know, when we're thinking about these toughened criminals that are demanding that their government be restored to their rightful winners, and these are are just a bunch of misinformed people that are living in their parents' basements, which is kind of sad. Well, that was the same thing with the guy who was the, like kind of the insurrectionist Viking. You know, he showed up with that weird hat on and he was wearing like Chewbacca's bikini or something. Anyways, he gets tossed in jail as well. And a big headline was that he hadn't, his, his mom told the press that he hadn't eaten since Friday. <laughs> and it was an organic food, right? The food wasn't organic for him in jail. And I thought, well, why don't they just wave a wand over it and tell them it's organic and move on? Like, give me a break. And so you realize, though, that the person God. that they were interviewing was his mom. And it was the Virginia, the Virginia politician who was arrested at his grandmother's house. Uh, and I just thought to myself, these poor moms and grandmothers. Uh, I wrong. know. Was like, and their kids like, can yeah. do no wrong. Well, the, the real kicker on this, Caitlin, is that the person that turned in, mm-hmm. uh, Ms. Williams was her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> oh my God. And he, I know, and he tipped off the FBI because he was sitting watching the news and he saw her on there <laughs> and he phoned the FBI and said, this is my ex-girlfriend. And she was oh identified from the tapes. And um, he, the, he's claiming that she told him she was hoping to sell the computer to the Russians. Oh my gosh. I, I, I honestly, this is a little fragment of the world we're living. It really is laughable. It made me laugh, but it's also these people are, 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 they've been just watching way too much Trump TV to believe that that was, how was she going to get a hold of somebody in Russia that was, would be interested? Hey, I got a computer and I stole it. Anyway. This is the power of, of truly of internet conspiracy theories and conspiracy theory networks like QAnon and how seriously they have infected people's minds and, and disconnected them from reality. And it is incredibly hard to bring people back from that. If you truly believe that as a random U.S. citizen who's now guilty of a crime that you're going to be able to what reach out to Vladimir Putin's personal handers and hand off Nancy Pelosi's laptop like you fall so far down the rabbit hole of misinformation it's so true. I, I don't know what I don't know how you can come back from that so it's just it was crazy did you notice who was escorting though on like a the flip side the positive note did you notice who was escorting Kamala Harris yesterday the guard that distracted the mobsters from mm-hmm. heading to the Senate where they could have done grave physical damage to the people hiding in there. Mm-hmm. And this lone African-American gentleman directed them in the opposite direction. He acted like, no, they're that way. And they all went that way and bought them some more time. And yeah. what a tribute to him to have Kamala, Vice President Kamala on his arm being carried into that mm-hmm. historic moment. Um, and he's been promoted. He is now the acting sergeant at arms for uh, the Capitol. Uh, his name is Eugene Goodman. Man, put his face on a stamp. And he also looked like he looked suave yesterday. I was uh, like, I love this guy. He's a real hero. And he took on this whole 
you know, band of idiots. With he just could have baton. really been hurt. He could have been he really hurt. And he could have been killed. Were, they were chanting, hang Mike Pence. And Mike Pence is like a hallway over. I know. So, you know, it was, uh, I thought I was like, look at that's a case of the right person getting the spotlight, the right person being uh, promoted and getting the recognition that they deserve. And he's a real hero. So I was like, good for that. On the uh, COVID front, there's some interesting things happening privately with all the vaccination things that are they're trying to put in place right now. Starbucks has stepped into the game saying that they would offer all their empty stores as injection sites. Oh, So I don't know how far they're going to get, but you know, I'm in my car, I'm listening to this the other day and I'm like, what a great idea. They've closed them now. They're, they're just doing mostly takeout in Starbucks. And mm-hmm. I think Starbucks, they've been hit hard too. They've closed like a thousand stores. They're kind of regrouping because of all this mm-hmm. stuff. But I would go and get vaccinated at Starbucks. I would get, Definitely. I would also order a, I would also order a peppermint mochaccino. I'm hoping <laughs> that they still have the baristas working. Yeah. And I have, <laughs> I, my espresso machine broke during the pandemic. Oh no. So, and there's a Starbucks just that's still open at the corner down on my street. And I got the app. I love the app. You order in advance, you pay in advance, you walk in, you say your name, you're in and out in 10 seconds. It is fantastic. You get all their rewards points and you're right. They're just about everywhere. And so Maybe we could are- use the app. What can you order? One vaccination, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, no, I mean, and, and, and there's a lot of like drug stores, I think Walmart, uh, this is in the States basically, but you know, that are just saying, we can do this. We can get volunteers in, come and train 10 of our staff members and we will get on the get down and get this country vaccinated. My friend, Nigel, that I often talk about on this show, um, his mom got vaccinated yesterday and his aunt, they are 83 and 85 respectively. And he said he cried and just felt such a sense of relief for his mom and his aunt. Anyway, is this the end of the show? No, the end of the segment, we have 12 more minutes still. Whenever you point at me, Adam, I get really nervous because I'm like, (laughs) there were so many things I had to say. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. I'm here with Caitlin and Adam. We'll be right back. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Islands, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. Welcome back to the Jan Arden podcast and show. We're a little bit of both. Listen, if you want to... um subscribe to our show you can just hit the little button on your favorite place to listen to podcasts and that way you don't have to go searching for us it'll pop up in your phone and it'll say there's a new podcast for you to listen to this week anyway thanks to all our listeners we appreciate you so very much and if you want to sponsor us i I think you can do it privately if you want us to you know do a birthday shout out maybe that would work we could just dedicate 10 minutes to birthday shout outs (laughs) Um, we haven't talked about Caitlin's pregnancy. Caitlin is still moving along. I want to know what your app tells you this week of the size. Okay. Let me look. Caitlin, you've got to get on top of this stuff. So, uh, when we started asking Caitlin, uh, a few weeks ago, it was the size of a care bear. I don't even, that seems big to me. And then Uh the, the week after that was a cantaloupe. 
So as of today, I'm butternut squash. <laughs> and I think it changes to a different piece of produce tomorrow. And there was another thing I subscribed to. It's a service called Baby List. And they send you an email once a week. And the email this week was like, hey, your baby's the size of a lunchbox. And it showed me like an old school lunchbox. Okay, that like, does not, that's not right. Doesn't seem right at all. Don't they know you're picturing things like this coming out of your body? You can't say lunchbox. I know. I think butternut squash I was okay with. And lunchbox seems too angular to make sense to me. But it's, yeah. They need somebody else running that app. Yeah, Adam Adam would do a better job, honestly. Yeah. Please um, pick spherical things for, for us ladies. <laughs> all you have to say to me is lunchbox. And it's so nostalgic for me. As soon as you said that, my my baby blue plastic lunchbox came flying into my mind. I can picture it sitting on the seat beside me on the bus. I can picture the smell of those weird brown vinyl seats with this white plastic piping. Yeah. And the back of the bus driver's head, John Romney, driving the bus to school, 45 minutes. And it was just mayhem. I don't know where we all got our energy from. It was like this... He just tuned us out. Our bus driver was just like, we, didn't, oh, yeah. it, 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 we, we could have literally been shaving each other's heads back there or <laughs> burning a pile of shoes in the walkway. And he would have just kept driving us to school. Totally. You have to. It's a coping mechanism. It's probably a real skill, actually. <laughs> but yeah, it is. Uh, anyway, what, what, a great, what a great few days this has been. And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling hopeful. You have to feel better for your kid, Caitlin. You have to feel better going forward for a world that is at least going to attempt to be bipartisan and to reach across those aisles and to not be so much about party, but the the wellness of the people in your country and to kind of tackle COVID for once and for all. And that's the big one. That's the big one right now, because it's like, we have this unmitigated health crisis on our hands here in Canada and to our neighbors in the South. And so when you talk about things like, you know, let's, let's get everyone vaccinated. Let's push this out. Let's make this so easy for anybody who wants to get the vaccine to just get it. And then being able to reopen the border and see friends who live in the U S I have close friends who live in Detroit. And, you know, you just want to get back to normal as as much as you possibly can. Um, So yeah, that part of it felt good. I thought, Hey, look at this. It's a, it's a reasonable inauguration speech. I'll take that. Oh, look, press briefings <laughs> that are going to feature information. Like I just, I, I'm not, I feel like we're not asking for a lot here, but I'd like to return to some reason. Well, I think it's just going to be really fun to watch this unfold. I, I just know, I, I feel like even Trump supporters are secretly cheering. I feel like they're going, yeah, it's probably for the better. Because things were kind of getting away from us a little bit there near the end. But it's a perfect example of what happens when people are desperate. And uh, when we all got so used to these catchphrases over the last 40 years, fake news, things we'd never heard before in our lives. Uh, We got so used to lying. I think we got so used to uh, stories, you know, these narratives being completely twisted into completely different things. And that was hard to to watch because I think most people are good. I think mm-hmm. our natures are good, and I think we want 
fairness and we want calmness. I don't, I don't think we want to live in that state of turmoil. I sure as hell don't. I hate no. contention. I hate no. even having an argument with anybody. If I was to have an argument with either of you guys, I wouldn't sleep for weeks. I would feel so bad if we fought. What are we ever going to fight over? Do you think, what do you think our first fight's going to be? Probably because Caitlin won't let me hold the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Might be food. We could disagree on food perhaps, but I don't, don't, could you, and that's, I think about all the dinner tables that had these heated arguments and families with different political views and how you, and how you used to be able to have different conversations, it felt like with people that weren't so terrible and weren't so heated and people didn't come in with such. The other thing, too, is, and I will say this, the Internet has made an expert out of absolutely every single person. Now, that is not necessarily going to end, but I'm about damn well done with it because I'm like I'm done arguing with people who have no information and no common sense. And so I, I just that's not healthy. I think people do still have to limit that. I don't see that going away, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I think it's like, it's, it's just back to like, if we could get back to some, you know, some work being done, I would love that. That would be a thrill. Can we get some well, stuff it, accomplished? You know, osmosis is a real thing and you will really see, you know, millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people absorbing a new way of thinking and absorbing a new way forward. Uh, the young woman that's the press secretary, no, is it the press secretary? Yeah. yeah. Uh, she looks really interesting and she's, made lots of uh, statements about being completely transparent. She's just going to tell it like it is. And, and, you know, I, you know, I like her already because she is a redhead. And (laughs) I think that speaks volumes about, you know, where we're headed with that. But don't you think just that whole vibe of, of what the Republicans kind of did and, and led by, you know, Don Trump, it really bled into Canada a lot. Like, I'm sorry, the Alberta that I'm living in now, yes, things change and people get different, but it isn't, there's a vibe here that it echoes those, that kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it, that, that us and them thinking. And that, that always breaks my heart because yeah. we really are in it together and we're not going to yeah. get anything done divided. And I feel well, like and, if people met in the, in the, sorry, go ahead, Caitlin. But I was going to say, but you look at how, like you look at how little was done and how much money was spent on vanity projects like the, the border wall, the South border wall in the U S and um, you know, it is a real waste of resources and time and energy is a finite resource. And I think people all around the world have been wasting so much energy <sighs> on news and on news and things that are just really depressing to them. And you think of all the, all the children separated from their families at the border. Yes. Um, you think My about, gosh. you know, and that stuff, it, it infects your brain. It bums you out. Certainly for me, what happened was I eventually started thinking like, well, I, I uh, my circle of control over these issues is about yay big. So I'm not going to pay attention anymore because what does it matter? And, it, and that is a very effective tool um, of, for people to just wear you down and make you lose interest in things that you should be interested in and you should care about. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm still <laughs> just like, I'm still high on Amanda Gorman. I'm still high on Lady Gaga's um, Hunger Games outfit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very, it was that a very- beautiful red skirt. Oh, and man. her big brooch, there was so many fun memes, Hunger Game memes about 
Lady Gaga's outfit, but man alive can she sing. And I will just say, I'm going to go, I'm going to swing this bus back around to the JLo lip syncing. Now, don't get me wrong. I freaking love JLo. She is a massively talented and I think she's a really good person. I think she's a great, I think she's worked freaking hard and she is so talented, but she didn't sing live. That was not a oh. live vocal. And I know I'm just being a pain in the butt. Huh. When a singer holds their mic and you guys go back and look at it, go check okay. on your news. Lady Gaga had a microphone held the way it's supposed to be held. It's kind of down up in front. You get every little breath, you get every little nuance. Adam knows this because he's in audio and he spent his lifetime in audio. He knows what <sighs> that sounds like and a breath out. When I you record, a, yeah, you can always tell. Always tell. So JLo had her mic right in front of her face and it's held there strategically because your lipstick is going to be off. It's very difficult, even when you're singing along with yourself to match a lip sync. It doesn't matter how many times you practice it. It is hard. That's why drag queens are so god dang great because they can <laughs> lip sync their butts off and make it look flawless. But it, yeah. it is, it is, it takes a lot of practice. So I don't blame her at all to, I cannot imagine how nerve wracking that would be, which is why a performance like Gaga's Amanda Gorman's oh. when you see how they're speaking, how they're singing. Lady Gaga was flawless. JLo did a great job, but it, she was lip syncing and I don't blame her. The thing that really worries me though, and people think back to the Beyonce, she sang, was it the national anthem? What, what was Beyonce singing? You guys can write me and tell me. Anyway, <laughs> the tape screwed up. The tape yeah, screwed up. And she was, you know, defending herself afterwards. You know, it was live. It was obviously live. It was very nerve wracking. But Jennifer obviously made that decision and she just didn't want to screw it up. Yeah. So, and I think also like JLo is a fantastic performer. I wonder about her as a vocalist sometimes because I've heard live performers with her that are <laughs> hit and miss. And I didn't know she, I didn't notice that she was lip syncing yesterday. And I thought, well, good for her because she stayed at least in her vocal range. And I even thought Garth, I thought Garth Brooks did a good job of Amazing Grace. Garth, Garth, yeah. Amazing Grace was amazing. And he sang live. Anyway, yeah. we're told to wrap it up. But just one final thought. I went and saw J-Lo in Vegas and the whole thing was lip synced. And I didn't okay. give a crap because it was so fantastic. She was so yes. beautiful and she danced her butt off. And I'm jealous and I wish that I looked like her. And you're listening to the Jan Arden podcast. We really love you guys so much. Totally do. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.